Welcome to Herbert Smith Freehills IP podcast series. I'm Joel Smith, Head of IP with Herbert Smith Freehills in London. I'm joined today by Victoria Horsey, a Senior Associate in the IP team, also in London. This podcast is going to provide a short summary of the laws which apply to comparative advertising and review the options for challenging misleading and unlawful adverts in the UK. Let's start with a recap on what comparative advertising is. Sure. In basic terms, a comparative advert is any advertising that identifies a competitor or goods or services offered by a competitor, either by name or implication. Comparative advertising, by its nature, allows a business to use its competitors' brands for its own purposes, so it is quite an attractive tool for an advertiser looking to get an edge on a competitor. Having said that, this is a challenging area and there are pitfalls for the unwary. Yes, I agree. We have both advised a number of clients on disputes in this area. It's important that advertisers take care to ensure that any comparative advertising campaign they are designing does not contravene UK advertising laws or infringe IP rights owned by a third party. Adverts that refer to competitors' products or services are subject to complex legal controls in the UK and there is a large body of case law that courts use to determine whether or not a comparative advert is lawful. Do you want to run through the applicable legislation? Well, in really brief terms, the law on comparative advertising has been harmonised throughout the EU by the Misleading and Comparative Advertising Directive. The directive was implemented in the UK by the Business Protection from Misleading Marketing Regulations 2008, or the BPRs, which largely reproduced the directive's provisions. As of 14th of January last year, so 2019, it has also been an express infringement of a trademark to use a sign in a way that is contrary to the directive. In other words, to use a competitor's mark in a way that does not comply with the law on comparative advertising under the directive. The Unfair Commercial Practices Directive also applies in this area to prevent unfair business-to-consumer commercial practices. This was implemented in the UK by the Consumer Protection from Unfair Trading Regulations, or CPRs. Comparative advertising that is misleading under the CPRs will also breach the BPRs. A key point we want to make clear in this podcast is to remember that the directive defines a comparative advertisement as one that explicitly or by implication identifies a competitor or its goods or services. This is a very wide definition and captures obvious comparisons, but also less obvious implicit comparisons as well. So referring to a type of product may in fact identify by implication a number of specific competitors. For example, a claim to fastest broadband implicitly identifies competitors in that field and amounts to a comparative ad. Yes, we have seen many advertisers tripped up by this point in the past. It is also important to remember that comparative advertising is permitted as long as it fulfills the eight conditions set out by the directive. The condition that is most often cited in disputes is that the advert must not be misleading, whether by action or omission, taking into account the characteristics of the advertised goods or services, how they are delivered, how prices are calculated, and the nature and attributes of the particular advertiser. Perhaps you could briefly run through the other conditions relevant for assessing whether a comparative advert is valid. I won't go into that in detail, but broadly, comparative ads should also compare like for like, objectively, so goods or services meeting the same needs or intended for the same purpose, be verifiable and essentially comply with UK trademark law. So ads must not discredit or denigrate a competitor's trademarks, create confusion between the trademarks of the advertiser and competitor, 
or take unfair advantage of a competitor's marks. For any podcasters wanting to look at this further, the eight conditions we have been talking about are set out in detail in Article 4 of the Directive. There is also a good deal of European case law considering the meaning of some of the conditions. It can be quite helpful to review those decisions for examples of how advertisers have gone wrong in the past and how you should approach comparative advertising for the future. We're not going to delve into the case law in this podcast, but suffice it to say that failure to comply with UK advertising law opens an advertiser up to a range of potential liabilities. That's right. Just to go into it into a little bit more detail, any business which contravenes the rules may be liable for trademark infringement, breach of the UK's advertising standard rules, and possibly other causes of action such as trade libel, malicious falsehood, infringement of copyright, and even passing off. There is always some interaction between the laws applicable to comparative advertising and UK trademark law for the simple reason that comparative ads often use trademarks belonging to third parties without their consent. As you mentioned earlier, there is now a specific new cause of action. It is an infringing act to use a sign in comparative advertising in a way that is contrary to the directive. The key here is to make clear whose mark is whose. The moment the public mistakes one mark or proprietor for another, or is given the false impression that there is a trade connection between the two brands compared, then the trademark owner would have grounds for bringing trademark infringement proceedings. Of course, it's unlikely that an advertiser would want to create the impression of a link or a collaboration with a competitor rather than an actual comparison. Well, yes, that's true. So how can you challenge unlawful comparative advertising in the UK? The first point of call is often to file a complaint with the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA. The requirements of the directive are replicated to a large extent in the codes of practice which are administered by the ASA. The CAP code for non-broadcast advertising and the BCAP code, which is the broadcast advertising equivalent. Individuals or businesses can make a complaint to the ASA in respect of any comparative or other advertising that they consider breaches the advertising codes. This is often an easier and cheaper way of dealing with unlawful comparative advertising than by launching court proceedings. Having said that, the process can still be slow and the only way to stop a campaign urgently is via the court system. The ASA cannot grant injunctions, levy fines or award compensation, but it does have a powerful sanction in that negative rulings are published on the ASA's website and are often then also reported on by the wider media and this can lead to negative PR. The ASA can also refer persistent or serious offenders to Trading Standard Services or TSS or to Ofcom for broadcast ads. Where a case has broader implications for the market in general, TSS can refer it on to the Competition and Markets Authority. As you said earlier, Joel, it's also possible to bring a claim against comparative adverts via actions for trademark infringement, or possibly malicious falsehood, trade libel, infringement of copyright, or passing off. Yes, and in that case, a complainant would usually seek damages by way of compensation, an injunction to stop the advertising, and maybe a declaration of fact. For example, that the claims being made are misleading or that there is no objective comparison being made. Otherwise, individuals and businesses cannot take direct action if they have a complaint regarding comparative advertising, as the UK government designated the power to initiate legal proceedings in this area to various authorities, primarily the Competition and Markets Authority and Trading Standards, as we heard above. Joel, before we wrap up, I'm conscious that some of our podcasters might be wondering how Brexit might affect this area. 
given that the general law in the UK on advertising and marketing is largely derived from EU law? Well, the rules established by the relevant EU directives are both implemented by UK domestic regulations and reflected in the ASA's codes. Current thinking suggests it's unlikely there will be any significant revision to the law as it stands, which is long-standing and pretty well accepted at this point. Having said that, post-Brexit, the UK will be able to diverge from the rules applicable to the rest of the EU, allowing us potentially to become more stricter in some regards and perhaps less strict in others. For example, the ASA relaxed its rules on advertising to children to align with the Unfair Commercial Practices Directive, but it could tighten up those restrictions again in the future post-Brexit if it wished to do so. There have also been some calls for a relaxation of the EU's restrictions on advertising vaping products, for instance, which the UK could do post-Brexit again if it wanted to do so, although this may be unlikely. Similarly, UK courts will no longer be required to reflect Court of Justice decisions on the EU legislation, meaning that our courts could perhaps diverge from current decisions and precedent going forwards. Yes, and it's worth bearing in mind that businesses will not be able to assume that what is legal in the UK will necessarily be legal in EU member states, as UK laws potentially diverge from the rest of the EU. In the advertising context, this means that advertisers may need to seek local law advice and run different campaigns for different EU member states. Victoria, do you have any other pointers for advertisers in the UK at this point? Well, I have a few to round up with. So firstly, consider whether your proposed advert is unfair or misleading and what interpretation the target audience will put on it. Make clear who the advertiser is. Also take care with advertising referring to a competitor or its products, express or implied. As we've discussed, there is a really wide scope to complain. Remember that even a nod to existing brands or a brand leader could be infringing. Always compare like with like. Confirm the accuracy of data and statistics you may be using to support claims in an ad and state your sources and always keep evidence of that too. Finally, remember to monitor for potential infringements and unlawful advertisements and record and keep any relevant evidence just in case you need or want to take action against the ad. I hope you found this podcast useful. If you have any queries, please do contact either Victoria or me. Our details are posted with this podcast on our Intellectual Property Notes blog at www.hsfnotes.com slash IP slash. Please do subscribe to our blog if you haven't already for more podcasts and watch for updates on all aspects of IP law and practice. Thank you.